So, I mean, anyone who follows us on Instagram knows I posted a story and I was like, new mic, who's she? Yeah. <laughs> I told you guys we're buying new mics. So, the first iteration, thanks Prime Day. <laughs> yes. I totally missed Prime Day and I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. You know, and like multiple people are like, oh man, I was about to text you, but like, don't forget it's Prime Day. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of my other friends was too. And I was like, why didn't you go? <laughs> Okay, so going forward, assume you're stupid. Yeah, assume that, I mean, my life is chaos, and I probably won't remember that it's Prime Day for, like, next few days. Not stupid. Assume that you don't remember these things. Yeah, no. I I, I will remember for you. I glanced at it at one point. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, Prime Day is coming up. And then the actual days, no. It will be your second brain. The the actual days of like, you know, I should probably go shopping. I just miraculously didn't. <laughs> I think me and me and John had been kind of preparing for Prime Day for like a week because we both have like shit in our cart for like, oh, we should probably buy this. We should probably buy this. Let's see if it goes on sale for Prime Day. Yeah. And we each ended up ordering like the three things total. Yeah. I'm definitely quite bummed. Of all the things, I mean, of all the things we wanted, we got three things. So it's fine. Yeah. More, more, more deals will, will happen. It's fine. I'm a firm believer. If you just put it in your cart, coupons come your way. Yeah. I should probably, I usually, I usually have like a whole bunch of stuff in my cart, but I recently had to minimize. My forehead looks really big for some reason. I'm struggling. It's okay. Yeah. You were on like the boat. You were on a boat all day. You're fancy. You're doing hot girl summer on some dude's boat. <laughs> yeah. Which was so rough considering you know arizona of course today yeah. besides it's gonna be a record-breaking heat day yeah so it was a nice crisp 118 i mean i did tell you it was gonna be 118 on saturday yeah it's <laughs> it was intense like yeah it was fucking hot it, oh god i the shower though at the like once i got home was fantastic like i just the amount of sweat yeah lake water all the things that came off my body oh it was like purging and all, mm-hmm. but like the awful feeling I have right now is like when you're on. A, okay, so if you've been, if anybody's been on a boat for like a lengthy period of time, once you get off the boat, you still feel like you're on the boat. Yeah. So I have that like weird like if I like start drifting, where I, like really weird on camera. Like almost had vertigo. Yeah. So I did take one of my vertigo pills, which I have. So yeah. I'm like maybe that'll help a little bit. I also, you know, just slap this makeup on my face because we're just going to call it good. I'm like, you know, things made it on my face and that that's what was important. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. We have a life preserver over here in case you, you start to feel like you're drowning. Yeah. I am a lifeguard. Yeah. I was a certified lifeguard at one point. I mean, at some point I may be like, I need water right now. Like, I need- we'll get you some water. The amount of like water I drank today and the little amount of times I had to go to the bathroom literally meant that everything I put in my body was just getting sweated right now. Yeah. You it's also tense. probably just need to like, you know, inject a liquid IV. Just snort it. Don't even drink it. Just I mean, snort it. <laughs> we had that at the end of, you know, everything, yeah. which was great. It was really helpful, but clearly my body needed even more. Mm-hmm. Well, that coupled with like the heat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, there are days, it's like I Googled, because like I have had, like my skin's been super, it feels like I've had either a sunburn, you like when you have like a sunburn, but it's not like so bad and you start to like peel a little bit and you get like the little like bits. Yeah. That's been happening like under my chin and like on my face and I'm like, okay, like why the fuck is my skin peeling and I'm not sunburned? And the biggest thing was like, oh, well, you know, if you're 
acclimating to a really hot, dry climate, you're dehydrated, it's your skin just like acclimating, you know? And I was like, okay, well, that makes me feel better because obviously that makes me really insecure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, and, been a, it's been a while at least since you've actually lived here in Arizona, so. Yeah, and so it's like, I'm just doubling down on like my moisturizing parts of my skincare. Like I have these really intensive masks and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to start using those more frequently than I ever did before. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm drinking a lot of water and I'm like, okay, apparently I'm not like, I'll go to the bathroom. I'm like, Oh, I'm still really dehydrated. So it's like, I'm readjusting to living in the desert. Yeah. Which is super weird. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Today was a very rough day in the desert. <laughs> I like to believe that Arizona is Satan's G-string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I mean, as much as I love this state, it was rough today, but it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, now it's just the aftermath of a, the heat exhaustion, which I am struggling. Heat yeah. exhaustion is a very real thing. And to have to, I have to travel tomorrow is going to be, I need a good night's sleep. But you're going to get a Joshua tree and you're going to have so much fun. I know. I'll take all the pictures. And it's going to be nice and cool. No, it's not. Oh, it's not? No. Really? What part of Joshua tree are you going to? Death Valley. Ew. That's where Josh is like in the desert still. So it's still going to be quite intensely hot as well. Unless you're going to be like in the forest, aren't you? Joshua trees, like, they're not really trees. They're more like a cactusy looking tree. Hmm. I'll show you pictures later, but yeah. It's, it's the desert still, but it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of like by Palm Springs, I guess. Yeah. So, but we have this really cute Airbnb we're going to, so it'll be nice. And like, it's got like a hot tub, which obviously it, they better not fucking turn the heat on that bitch. Cause I will flip out. Cause I am nice. So nice you want it to be pink in very many places right now. You just want to be a tub. Yes. <laughs> just a bubbly tub. <laughs> just, I don't know if they can do that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but other than that, I know they, they want to make a few stops along the way. Knowing them, they have a bunch of cute places to go to, so I'm still excited. Yeah, well, you're going to have a lot of fun. I'm just exhausted. Yeah, I get that. I may fall asleep in the car, which... That's fine. Yeah. Are you, you're not driving, obviously. No, no, and that's a, that's a perk of it, too. Obviously, my vehicle's not gas efficient, so... True. Sure, true. I would much rather give somebody a very smaller portion of gas money than have to drive my own vehicle. Yeah, I agree. So do the planet a favor. Okay. So with all that said, um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into my episode. Okay. Oh, we can actually see how much time is being. That's quite nice. <laughs> so this is the first platform <laughs> that has shown us how long we're actually going for, which is quite lovely actually. yeah so we can actually pinpoint how long we want to go okay so i'm pretty sure my notes aren't as long as i think they are because i do a lot of indents i like to bullet point to the nth degree and so i was like there's no way i have 10 pages of notes i think it's because they're like quadruple indented that it's like here's the page and here's where my notes are so i think i only have like maybe five pages of notes so we should be able to get through all this in one night but since we're at kind of like 11 minutes, once that bitch kind of hits like 50 to the hour mark, we're going to, we're going to call it. This is obviously not going to be in this show, but yeah, it may or may not be a part two. We'll find out because <laughs> I've only read about two pages of these notes. So fun fact, uh, I have notes from a year ago that I wrote, 
Um, and we're all going to get to explore them together. <laughs> I was supposed to refresh myself for tonight and I didn't. I spent that time testing out this microphone. Okay. You, you know, the you're still doing fine right now. Focus. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm having too much fun. Um, I've, been, I've had a few Manhattans. I'm not going to lie. Oh, gosh. I've had a few Manhattans. We had a half a bottle of champagne that we opened like last week and I didn't know it was open. And John's like, oh my God, it's flat. And I was like, I'll drink it. And he's like, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I'll drink the flat champagne in the fridge, which wasn't flat. No, I mean, honestly, usually it has a little bit of fizz. Yeah, that's what it was. It had a little bit of fizz. It's a little bit of just enough. You yeah. Know? It's like, you know, when you have a really like orange juicy mimosa, it's only got a little bit of fizz. Right. So. Um, I only read about a couple of pages of these notes, so we're going to discover these notes together. Dun, 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 dun. Yay. Yay. Okay. So this is about Sean Vincent Gillis. Um, he's also known as the other Baton Rouge killer, um, which we will get to that unique of a nickname. Um, I did put in my notes, I put a um, trigger warning in the beginning. So that's how intense this episode is, because I rarely trigger warning a lot of my episodes. So I just want to put out a trigger warning for this. Um, anyone under the age of 13, there are very mature themes in this and around rape, bodily mutilation, uh, graphic materials, and um, I guess it's a, just rape. Rape. Oh, it's just rape. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rape. It's, it's rape, bodily mutilation, and, and some other graphic content. So, um... Just so you guys know, in case that's something you want to skip, I don't blame you. We will put up a thing somewhere here or here or right here or right here. Well, YouTube won't let me put it right here. Um, but really? yeah, so on YouTube videos, have you ever seen like the little black bars pop up? That's like top 10 or it's like other videos of theirs. Yeah. So those are called cards. And so you can implement them into certain points in your videos. And when you do, it just puts it in like one of the top corners. You don't get to pick where it goes. Oh darn. Yeah, no. So I can't cover your face. <laughs> um, but it will be in one of the top corners in case you want to check out some other content. So anyway, um, moving on. So, um, Sean Vincent Gillis, um, I found the name quite fitting. So we've got a few interesting names here. Um, first of all, our topic of conversation, his name is Sean, which we love. Um, oh. <laughs> he's a cancer. This Sean is a cancer. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You can hate this one. Okay. Because he's not a good person. Okay, but it's also spelled differently, so. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, the, the controversy. It was the appropriate way to remember the hate. I remember the angry, <laughs> the angry text. Anyway, um, according to him, this would be seen. Yes. The theme. The theme. <laughs> not a Sean. Ugh. Yeah, well, Sean's are so dramatic. I agree. John's a dramatic. Anyway. Anyway, he was born 
1962 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, to Norman and Yvonne Gillis. So I think like we have unique names because obviously we have Sean, but then we have Norman. And I just think of like Norman Bates from, you know, Psycho. It, it's not him. That guy's fake. He's not real. Um, but anyway, so he's obviously a Cancer and Year of the Tiger for any of our uh, Chinese Zodiac fans. He is known for murdering eight women between the ages of 30 to 82 um, over the course of 10 years. So almost one every year. Okay. Um, most of the women he killed were sex workers because he said, and I quote, people society would miss. Which isn't new. Like, people, yeah. people kill sex workers and the homeless, like, because of the same reason. It doesn't make it any less ugly, you know? Like, they're they're people. Right. They still have families, you know? They still have somebody. You yeah, know, somebody like- loves them. Somebody cares about them. Even if they are distant and gone, mm-hmm. somebody cares about them. Um, and, they're, and they're people. And, like, a lot of times, most of us, what we tend to forget is, like, most of us aren't homeless because there's at least one person who won't let us be. Yeah. Like let's humble ourselves for just a quick second. Right. So anyway, um, his methods of killing would be strangulation and stabbing. So very intimate forms of murder. Um, a little bit about his childhood. Uh, his father, Norman suffered from alcoholism and mental illness. So we're off to a great start. Um, there was a lot of issues in the household, fighting and rage-fueled outbursts that didn't skip over Sean. Um, even at one point when he was one years old, his father pointed a gun at his head and threatened to kill him. Oh, God. Yeah. He threatened to kill him. Um, it actually, what's interesting in this case is it wasn't long after that incident that his father actually checked himself into a mental hospital. And this is in the 60s. So when we think about the 1960s and men specifically, it's like that was really out of character for the stigma of a man to not only like check himself into a mental hospital, but do it because he knew he wasn't safe for his family. Like his family wasn't safe with him. Because like think about the 60s and that time most people would what? Like chalk it up, suck it up. I'm just going to tough it out. Yeah. Because the men are like the head of household, you know? Correct. And like, they would be more preoccupied with how they're perceived by their neighbors and their family and their job than be checked into a mental hospital. Yeah. So I do, like, even though he, you know, had his faults, like I do give him props for being like, you know what, this isn't healthy and this isn't good. So I'm going to go to, um, a facility to work on my shit. Yeah. So Norman leaves the picture, right? And he leaves it for a pretty long time. Um, What that meant was he then left um, Yvonne to raise their son while also working a full-time job, right? So despite her having to work a full-time job, um, her and Sean were actually very close. They had a really good relationship. And overall, he had a generally normal childhood Aside from, like, his dad being, like, in and out of mental hospitals and all that kind of stuff. And really just kind of not being there in his life. Um, When he was 10 years old, she moved them um, to a nearby neighborhood. And she bent over backwards to get Sean out of his public school and into a Catholic school. Okay. Because Catholic schools don't cause trauma. (laughs) Right. Everyone I know that's been to a Catholic school is normal 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let us know if you went to a Catholic school. What was your favorite memory? We would love to hear your stories. We would love to talk about them. Anyway. Um, so she worked really hard. She cared much about her son and his education. So she tried to get into this Catholic school, which she does do. Um, but even though he had a relatively normal childhood, he was known to be a bully by the other neighbors in mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Yeah. Nobody likes a bully. Mm-hmm. He also became interested in satanic worship. Okay. Yeah. So Catholic school. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you he found out about the devil from Catholic school. Oh, really yeah. Right? It's like people who accuse their kids of having sex and their kids are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then they like, well, if you're going to scream me for something I've never done, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. You you have introduced the thing you're mad at me for to me. Therefore, I will now go do it. What is that called? A self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> so the more you know. Anyway. So him and two of his friends, um, they really got into satanic worship and they would practice this kind of worship. Um, but they wouldn't really like do anything major. Most of the time they would just like watch other people do it. Like they didn't really, they weren't like sacrificing like the neighbor's cat or anything. They were interested in it. They wanted to do it. They never actively did anything, but they would hang around people who did and they would just kind of watch. Okay. Okay. I mean, they're kids. They're, it's fine. And to like put this into perspective, when I was between like ages 11 to 13, um, me and my best friend at the time, we thought we were just like, we're witches. Like we were, <laughs> we were just to like put my weird shit out there. We were like, we're fucking witches. And so we would like try to learn all the stuff and we would like do stupid like rituals that we thought would work. I mean, one night we planned it. It's under like a full moon. We had a sleepover. We had rocks and like crystals <laughs> and we we're like this. And I don't even know what we did. So if, if any of those cantations worked, it would explain a lot of my millennial angst. <laughs> and anxieties now but the answer is like i can understand probably as like a youth whose mom works full-time doesn't really have a lot of like influence from anyone other than your friends and people who have the same interests it's easy to get really wrapped up in that it's like dululu right it's like when you sit with your friend and she's like yeah i had sex with this guy last night but he asked me for my number so like what do you think it's like he doesn't want to see you. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Delulu, right? Like, Delulu yeah. land is what I like to call it. So, I, uh, embarrassingly enough, I will side with him on. I understand where he's at. Yeah, how much charm did you watch as a child? Is my question. Funny part is, I didn't really watch Charmed. I was more of a Buffy. Oh, okay. Okay, I was more of a Buffy girl. It explains my taste in men. Yeah. <laughs> it explains my unhealthy, toxic attraction to bad men. Except John. John's a good one. John's a good one. Anyway, we're getting off topic. How much time did you watch? Oh, a decent amount. Okay. Yeah, for sure. How were you were you, were you, were you witch when you were younger? Um, I that was always like my go-to like Halloween costume for sure. I mean that's a solid choice. Just different variations of it. It's like it got sluttier and sluttier as the years went on, you know? Yeah, as you get older, yes. Okay. Here we go. 
So moving to his late teens, when Sean was about 17 years old, uh, Norman comes back into his life. So he goes into these mental hospitals when he's like literally a child. If you think about it, it's not long after he's one. So he doesn't really, he knows who his dad is, but he doesn't have like a relationship with this guy. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's been basically 17 years. His dad comes back into his life. And, you know, to his good credit, they actually form some kind of relationship. They actually kind of like make something work. Um, aside from him being in and out of these mental hospitals. And so I, I think that's pretty great. Like that tells me if nothing else that like Sean is open to, you know, like at least accepting or like understanding on some kind of level, like you were sick, you needed help, Mm -hmm. you weren't around, but I'm willing to have some kind of relationship with you as my parent. Yeah. It takes a lot of emotional maturity. Yeah. So we'll give him that. Yeah. <clears throat> so it seems like things are going well. Um, but that's but that's to have things right. Like everything was going so well. But but then anyway. So one day, here's where things go south. Sean discovers um his father's collection of porn. Uh, <gasps> but what kind of porn, you ask? What uh, kind of porn? No. Mm-mm. What? It's gay porn. Oh, that was going to be my second Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He learns his dad is gay. He never actually said it to him, but it's like he, he has a gay pornography. He cannot accept this. He can't accept the fact that his dad is gay. Um, and he basically, I guess, like, the kid disowns the parent. <laughs> the reverseness of it. It's definitely a different era when this all happens and takes place, too. Just keep that in mind, you guys. Yeah. Definitely a different era. Yeah, we're talking, like, the 70s at this point, probably, you know? And it's like, he never officially came out. His son stumbles upon it. It's a shock to him. He then tells his son. His son can't handle it. So he basically breaks off any kind of relationship with his father, like, ceases all kind of communication, which obviously hurts him, um... He didn't want that to happen that way, but that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So when he's 18 years old, so a year later, he's arrested for the first time because he is arrested on terms of criminal trespassing. So that's our first our first sign of arrest. After graduating high school, he begins to work as a shop clerk Um, while he wasn't working. He began to develop an addiction to porn. Like normal porn or gay porn? It just says porn. I would assume um, not gay porn, but it wasn't just any, it wasn't, I'm glad you asked. So it wasn't just any kind of porn. I'll tell you the kind of porn it was. Yeah. Um, He preferred like rape, bondage, death, and dismemberment of women type porn. So borderline snuff films. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what snuff films are, I'm bolting here. Snuff films are literally like underground porn where people are literally killed on camera. Like that's what a snuff film is. Like they're obviously illegal, but you know, dark web can, can find whatever. Um, so that's what a snuff film is, but he was really into like the BDSM and like the aggressively violent porn towards women foreshadowing dun 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 yeah hence my trigger warnings right 
All right, so his addiction actually became so domineering that it affected his life and his job. Hence, it's an actual addiction, right? Wow. Um, he stopped showing up for his shifts. Um, he stopped leaving his bedroom. He switched jobs um, often, but was still unable um, to maintain them. But he was actually able to graduate from community college with a certificate in computers. Whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, again, computers were still very new in this era. Yeah. So he was able to graduate community college. Um, <clears throat> he's still living at home with his mom, just, just so everyone's aware. So if he lost his job, it wasn't that big of a deal to him. Um, and he actually wouldn't leave his mom's house until he was almost 30. Yeah. And this is when you could buy a house on a minimum wage salary. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I mean, I know some people that mm -hmm. still live with their parents, so. Well, today it makes sense. Back yeah. then, he could have bought a house working part-time. Yeah. <laughs> so, he finally moves out. He's on his own for the first time. Um, but his mom would still send him money to help him out. How nice. Yeah. I wish. Oh, yeah. I, I wish so hard. So we're going to fast forward to 1992, one year before I'm born. Just going to put that out there. 92. Yeah. We were born. Before we were born. Sheesh. My birthday's coming up, so that's why. <laughs> it's the Scorpio me. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want for me? Anyway. <clears throat> this is only two years before his killing spree begins, which would be obviously in 1994. The same year, he was arrested on an outstanding warrant for an unpaid traffic ticket after um, being caught peeping into the neighbor's window. He got a traffic ticket? I guess that you would call it. Like, what else is going to be? A peeping ticket? <laughs> yeah. It's not like, I mean, it's a, like a, like like, a trespassing, you know, peeping Tom ticket. Yeah, like trespassing. Right? Yeah, a PP ticket. But not a traffic ticket. It's a traffic ticket. Because a parking ticket is still considered a traffic ticket. I know. It makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> but he also had unpaid traffic tickets. Mm. Um, and then he, you know, this is all after he was caught peeping into a neighbor's window. So it's a ticket. So he did this multiple times. Okay. Which also probably ties into his porn thing, right? Like he is yeah. probably living out some of his porn stuff. It always stops. It always starts with the peeping. Yeah. We all know about my peeping Tom incident, so we already discussed this one. And the moral of that story is? Keep your backyard light on. Says the woman whose backyard light is not on. Right. Yeah, right. But right now, <laughs> and normally my things are closed, but. Yeah. I mean, ours is on. Ours yeah. is on. The funny part is John has refused to, he's just stopped turning it off. Yeah. So in the daytime, I have to turn it off. <laughs> well, I'd say too, yeah, it kind of is a waste when you forget to turn it off during the day, but. The same time, you know, for all we know, somebody could be watching us right now. <laughs> there you go, if they are. Anyway. So when he was caught peeping, he said he was looking for his cat. Does he even have a cat? His pussy went riles. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't have a fucking cat. And the cops didn't buy it. They were like, you're not looking for, you're looking for your cat through a window. Was okay. your cat named Tom or something? Like, the fuck. Yeah. Was your cat named Tom? Was your what's a think of a funny comment? I need a funny pun. I need a funny punny for a cat's name. 
You're telling, you're asking me right now. No, I'm asking, I'm asking you. The listeners. Yeah. I need a funny punny for the cat saying you're looking for blah, blah, right now. Like there's gotta be some kind of like vulgar joke that can be made. His pussy went wild, went missing. Like that's a funny one, but I need a name for the cat. Okay. Yeah. Cause my brain will, it, it's running on fumes. I yes. You're chewing along. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're not the little engine that could is not cutting, right? <laughs> it's semi cutting, okay. <laughs> um, so you you wouldn't be surprised, but his reputation in his neighborhood continued to decline, mm. um, and deteriorate as more neighbors started to voice that he would often just scream at the sky. <laughs> I mean, I'm not done for. He would scream at the sky. Um, and then cursing his own mother's name on occasion. The woman who let him live with her till he was 30. And then still send him money. Yeah. The audacity of a hoe. Yeah. Like, my mom could never. Like, bitch, no. I would slap him. Not funny my notes. Uh, the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> See, even me a year ago knew what was up. Okay. Um, boop, 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 rant, 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 rant. See, this is why I have notes that I don't need. Okay. <clears throat> so in 1994 is when Sean meets Terry uh, Lemony. So he met her where she worked. Her best friend told Terry that she and Sean, quote unquote, had everything in common. So she's literally just trying to hook her friend up with this dude, right? Mm. They met at work and she's like, you guys are just like destined to get married. It's fine. I asked the magic eight ball and it said married. That was her friend, mm. right? She's one of those, like, she's like, I am the matchmaker. Yes. Yeah. She's determined. Like she'll force the puzzle piece, even if she has to clip the edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Oh, so unfortunately I feel like this friend probably feels bad because it's doubtful because their, their love. So here's the thing. She was like, Oh, you want, you guys have so much in common because they both like sci-fi and Star Trek. Wow. Solid. Yeah. So she was like, obviously you're meant to be together because you're the only people in the entire world that like sci-fi and Star Trek. <laughs> so we love you for trying, but no, um, so it wasn't long after they met at her work that they start dating. And then obviously sci-fi and Star Trek weren't enough to keep their relationship going. Cracks started to form. Ah, yeah. Um, so where is it? Ah, so Terry learns that Sean actually has no desire for sex. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, so Terry learns that Sean has no desire for sex. Okay. What? It must be a thing. Um, because he was raised to, okay, so, but because he was raised to believe that sex is a terrible sin. Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So their relationship was only a plutonic one. So they're publicly dating, but that's it. Like, they're not affectionate. They're not anything like that, which ties into some of his, like, like bottled up 
sexual urges that get released in the form of his obsession with this kind of like very brutal porn and like violating women by peeping on them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, so him and his girlfriend have no sexual intimacy of any kind. Got it. Got it. Um, so that's fine. Um, Catholic school, blah, blah, blah. Um, I put in my notes. I think he had two sides to him. I think I already kind of mentioned this, his pure innocent side and his life with Terry, right? Like this pure, like, oh my God we're committing a sin. But then he also has this really dark side of him that loves the brutal porn, the fetishes, the fantasies, um, the targeted violence of women and peeping on them, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. I can only like imagine like their relationship, like back in the day, remember, like, I mean, this is decades and decades ago, where it was like a thing, like where even like spouses that were married would have like in their master bedroom, be like two twin beds. Yeah. Like, they didn't have completely separate beds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm a cuddler. I need cuddles um cool man i had some pretty good notes in here (laughs) i'm like kind of again we're all discovering these notes together um so i had said i think in sean's mind the women he cares for he cannot see as anything other than pure and innocent because if he does then he could move into that darker side of his mind where he would then want to harm them Right. So it's like one extreme or the other. Right. So by putting Terry on the same pedestal as his mother and not moving beyond anything plutonic was almost a way to protect her. Mm-hmm. Right. Because in 1994 is when he goes on this killing spree. Right. Yeah. So it was a way to protect her the same way his father did when he wanted to protect his wife and Sean when he put himself into a hospital. Right. So during their entire relationship, Sean treated Terry wonderfully. He was kind and he was sweet to her. Um, Terry did discover Sean um, was spoiled by his mother, shocker, who uh, continued to send money to him. And she didn't like that he drank too much. This is Terry didn't like that he drank too much. And that his dark humor was not something that she particularly enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. Um. I don't know what that dark humor entailed, but it probably made her uncomfortable. Yeah. It probably had to do something with her or women in general. Probably women, yeah. Probably had to do with death or like really whatever. Yeah. Um, She was actually able to get Sean a job at a convenience store, at the same convenience store she worked at. So there was that. But it wouldn't last long. So now we're going to move into the murders which would take place from 1994 to 2004. Okay. Okay. Not be naming of his victims, which ones were prostitutes and which ones were not, because in my opinion, it's irrelevant because they were all humans. As I said before, Um, most of them were mothers first and foremost. So they were actually taken from their children. Um, And our minds due to societal conditioning tend to devalue the lives of those who are addicts, sex workers, the homeless, um, but they had lives and they had families that loved them. So I will not be saying who who was and who was not. So if you want to do the research to figure out who was and wasn't, you can do that. But I will not be saying that in this episode. 
So not long after Sean and Terry start dating, Sean commits his first murder. So in 1984, March 3rd, 81-year-old Anne Bryan is his first victim. He breaks into her home because she left her front door open. And she left her front door open because she wanted to allow easy access for the nurse that comes by to help her. Aww. Mm-hmm. So Sean claims his only intention was just to rape her. That was it. It, she's 81. Oh. Like, he didn't know who was in that house. Right. He likes some older. He's like, I was just going to rape her, but she made it so difficult for me. At 81. <laughs> okay. Right. So, but Anne, naturally, she started to scream because someone's attacking her. And this caused Sean to freak out and panic. Oh, man, what do you expect her to do? I don't really fucking know. I mean, the it's not like the porns where there's like, oh, my God, I'm getting raped. Oh, right. Like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm stuck in the dishwasher stepbrother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I know, right? It's not like porn. It's not like porn. <laughs> anyway, so he panicked. He slashed her throat. Oh. And then proceeded to stab her somewhere between 47 to 50 times in the head, almost decapitating her. Ew. How violent is that? Ew. Can you imagine? Like, that's just like, your things are a pulp at this point. And I'm like, if his only intention was to rape her, why did he have a knife? Yeah. Like, it's not like he was like, hold, please, and went to the kitchen and got one. <laughs> like, okay, because, like, pause, you can scream in something. Yeah. No. Like, he had a knife somewhere. Yeah. But his only intention was to just rape her. Yeah. So then he almost dismembered her, or sorry, apitated her. Um, but he also stabbed her in the chest and in her breasts, and her genitals were almost disemboweled. Like, she was almost disemboweled. So all of this was basically gobbledygook. Yeah. By the time he was done. Gross. And she was 81. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. Um, uh, we can define that as overkill. Oh, slightly. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, he, like, I put this in, like, he didn't even know this woman, and not only did he not really know her, but she was his first victim. So, like, the level of violence here just makes me think that he's been bottling up a lot of rage and lust and probably a gross intermingling of the two. For quite a long time. Yeah, and he probably got off a lot by hurting her. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I like this. Ooh. Ah, I learned something new. Right? Achievement unlocked. Like some weird fucking uh, Xbox achievement. <laughs> like, as fuck does that sound? Yeah. But now it's 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 like the porn addiction. He's unlocked something. He he now he can't go back. Yeah. Right. Okay. So in nineteen ninety nine on January fourth, so he's done for a while. So on January fourth of the following year, twenty nine year old Catherine Hall is his next victim. Um, he picked up Catherine. And while she was in his car, I mean, I'm assuming she was hitchhiking of some kind, um, he slipped an industrial zip tie around her throat, 
Um, don't know how he managed to slip that around her throat. I would assume when she's like getting in the car, maybe he like from behind, you know, um, but she fought back. Shocker. So Catherine fought back um, and she actually manages to escape the car. She wasn't just like, oh, no, don't choke me. Right. Daddy. No. <laughs> Not like horns. No. All right. Yeah, Daddy. Okay. No. So she escapes <laughs> the car. She put, I'm sorry. She, so sorry. <laughs> it's so great. It, you know, it's even told that topic. It's even better because like, I hate, I hate the daddy thing. And John hates the daddy thing, so I don't have to, like, do that bullshit, but I'm so good at the daddy thing. Most older men that date younger women hate the daddy thing. Most, I would say, actually. Daddy? Like, I'm so good at the daddy thing, though. Yeah. You know, like, because men our age and younger like it because they're stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they, yeah. Like, you're stupid. <laughs> oh, anyway. I prefer mommy. Like, I love to say mommy to my friends who, like, post, like, really hot selfies. I'm like, yeah, you do this to me all the time. Mommy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll do mommy any day. Anyway, so she gets out of the car. She flees to a nearby field. Remember, she got this fucking zip tie. So she flees to some nearby field. She's running for her life. Unfortunately, Sean's able to catch up with her. And he tackles her, and she's fighting. Um, She's about to breathe, for one. And then, two, he begins to punch her before pulling out a knife. So he's beating her. He pulls out this knife. Um... And it's going to be a really bad visual, so just prepare. Um, what was it? Oh, I had some really, I don't care about this tangent. God, these notes. Oh, that's what it was. So he's pulling on this zip tie and like strangling her with it. And then he finally pulls out this knife and he's stabbing her when he ends up telling the police is he goes to tell the authorities that he used one of these two to five foot long extension or these zip ties. He got the big industrial zip ties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, he said he got them, quote unquote, just to be sure. I assume that just to be sure it would fit. Yeah. God forbid. Um, he then proceeds to slice through her eye her stomach, her breasts, and genitals with this knife as she's, you know, suffocating. But semi-still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, he cuts her 16 times while she's still alive. Uh-huh. Um, finally, to silence her cries for help, he finally slits her throat. And ultimately, obviously, she dies. So after she was dead, he stripped off of all of her clothes and he stabs the knife into her shoulder. And then he dragged it down the length of her arm, stopping at her hand, um, effectively splitting her arm wide open. Like he filleted. Yeah, filleted it, yeah. yeah. He filleted her arm. Um, oh, I wrote hot dog style. So- what do they call it? Like, when it's like the butterfly hot dog. Yeah, because you all needed to know it was hot dog style. I don't think you needed to know hamburger, but... Anyway. Hey, visual. Yeah, I thought it would be. Um, he then cuts a circle around one of her breasts, and he slashes down the middle of the other one. And then he stabs her in the stomach and her genitals eight times, 
Then he cuts off one of her eyelids. Oh. Yeah, it's the the way he's doing things is so weird to me. Like he's just doing shit for the sake of doing shit. Yeah. You know, it's like he doesn't have a rhyme or reason. I feel like he's just curious. Yeah. Like he wants to know what it looks like if he did these things. Like mm. that, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you do these things, especially like, in this order? Yeah. Anyway, then he flips her over. He's not done. He flips her over and then he slices down her calf, um, much the same as he did her arm before stabbing her in the butt or the buttocks, the gluteus maximus. Not the booty. Not the booty. Um, he then proceeds to like peel the skin back from her butt down to her knees. Ew. Yeah, he's like skinning her. Um, and then he put her in the passenger seat of his car. This body in the passenger seat of his car. I'm I'm laughing because I'm really uncomfortable with this idea. Um, and then drives to a local car wash. Where he removed her body. And then washed his car. Were there people working at this car wash? It's uncomfortable. Was it like, <laughs> I just need to set this right here for a moment. I just need to put this right there. I'll be back for it, I promise. It's for Halloween. I feel like it's one of those like self-service, like 25 cent car oh, washes. Yeah, yeah. But still, like those are big, giant brick shells. And it's in the middle of the day. And there are people... And there's just a filleted fish body. Multiple hot dog style limbs, you know. Yeah. Booty cheeks everywhere. How people get away with things sometimes is absolutely staggering. Yeah, you know, I could leave like a hair follicle somewhere and they're like, Shannon murdered this person. And no one will know. Yeah. But you speed and they're like, gotcha. Yes. But get you on the speeding ticket. Whereas, you know, Sean over here, you're going to have a filleted body just out and about, you know. Filet mignon. Anyway. So he proceeds to wash his car, right? Um, he washes all the blood out of his car. Um, no one noticed the dead fucking body just chilling. Also, why bother getting all the blood out of your car when it's just going to get more blood in your car when you what? put it back in there? Well, but then he just leaves her body underneath a road sign nearby that read dead end because he thought it was funny. That is some very dark humor. I could see where his ex would be uncomfortable. Oh, it's dark humor. At least still his girlfriend at this point. Oh, well then, I mean, she knew that he had some very dark humor right Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, but yes, to your point, why when you're just put her back in the car? But why take her out of the field to begin with? Yeah. That's all that might have been a lot of blood to have to clean up too. Hello. That's a lot of evidence everywhere. He washed it. They can find like a fleck of blood and be like, this is this person. In 94? 95? No, that's true. In 95? No. Maybe. But it wasn't that good in my opinion. So anyway. How her body is discovered is a dude was hunting squirrels. <laughs> Fluffy squirrel. Yeah. Um, the man was hunting squirrels and found her body under that sign. Oh, that reminds me of my socks that I just bought. 
Oh my god, she did my school soccer. <laughs> Target has the best socks. Then cowboy squirrels on them. Wow. <laughs> cowboy hats on it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, to fuck with the police, Sean leaves behind Catherine's jacket on a fence post of the field that this attack took place. Um, almost like he's baiting them. You know what I mean? He's like, gotcha dollar. Yeah. Like Geico commercial. So, anyway, the property owner discovers the jacket, and he discovers her name on a food stamp card in the jacket. So then he notifies authorities um, because something seemed off. Good for you, farm person. You're correct. Something would seem off. So he calls the police. That's how they find out about this person that's gone missing. Naturally, they took their time finding her because they. she seems like a runaway. She's like a nobody. They don't really care. Until... Her body is reported by the squirrel hunter. Mm-hmm. Right? So now they're interested. So upon the autopsy of her body, um, instead it was discovered that Sean had raped her body after she died. So. Before the filleting or after the filleting? Well, he slit her throat and then she died. Okay. So unsure. Probably in the midst of it. Yeah. Say that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of hard to have sex with... I mean... Anyway, so he is now having sex with dead bodies. Um, And then on top of it, he shoved his penis into her mouth. And we know this because he left a pubic hair with the follicle between her teeth. Ew. Yeah. Nobody likes when that happens. Yeah. Pretty gnarly. I do not like when I have a ball hair in my mouth. We've all been there. Don't pretend like you no. haven't. Right? Yeah. I mean, if it's been a while, it's, it's happened mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. It's worse, like, when you're done and you feel it here. Oh, no. No, when you like, partially swallowed it. And you're like, uh, and it just, like, irritates you. And you're like, I don't even have my fucking throat. It's like a fucking guy. Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and no amount of water will wash down the thing. Uh, it's just there to remind you of your sins. It's fine. Catholic school. Oh, I wrote, like, Satan's dental floss. Oh. Catholic school. No. He left a ball hair between your teeth, like Satan's dental floss. God, I have good jokes. Anyway. Also. we got six minutes. Yep. So okay, we're we're moving along. Penny just checked on us too. She's like, hurry up, you hoes. She's like, that was really dark. Just so you know. She's like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm out. She's like, don't insult Satan like that. And not in this house. No. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, so this would actually be used against him later uh, in court because they have DNA evidence to corroborate. Not only his confession, but the confession of her murder, right? Because we've seen time and time again where they're like, I killed this person because there's no evidence. They don't actually get charged for that person's murder, right? Yeah. All right. So we're going to cover one more, his third murder, and then we're going to have to do a part two um, because we like to talk a lot. Yes. Okay. So we're going to jump to May 30th. There is 52-year-old Hardy Mosley Schmidt. So as you notice, he doesn't really have a type. He just kind of is going all around the board. 
Yeah. 81 to 20 something? It looked 29, I think. 26, 29. 29. Aha. Uh-huh. Good job. 252. So, um, Hardy was a well-known in the community and had three children. Um, when Sean had spotted her, she was out jogging. See, my thing about jogging fucking stands. You're either the victim or you find the victim. That's all I'm saying. Jogging, don't do it. Anyway. Yeah. And see, I have a whole thing on here about jogging. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway. Also, she's very mad at you for putting pillows on her couch. It's not my problem. Um, so Sean would go to stock and he would learn her routine. And on the fateful day that he would attack her, um, he slammed on the gas and actually ran her down in his car while she was jogging. Like he's just so weird in his methodology. So he runs her down in his car. So running her over wasn't enough. So he put it in reverse. Nope. He stands over her body. Oh. Um, and he slipped his signature industrial zip tie around her throat and he tightened it. But that's um, a mistake though, because then they could start putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. Once certain she was dead by strangulation, um, he put her body into his car and then he drove her to an isolated spot where he would rape her. Um, and then he kept her body in his trunk. Until Terry, his girlfriend, complained of a foul odor in the car. So he just, like, kept her rotting body in his car. Yeah. Yeah. So you mean, we're talking, like, days here. Oh, yeah. Minimum days. Yeah. So what he would do is he blamed the smell uh, on a dead squirrel. He claimed to have hit... A squirrel. That doesn't create a lingering. Mm-hmm. So after Terry's like, I don't know about this, he would then go dump her body in a rural parish outside of Baton Rouge. Yeah. So that's what we have. So that's three out of his eight murders. We will cover the rest and his capture um, and all of that next week. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, if you are, oh my God, if you're new here, welcome. Hi, this will be, I guess, the top, but welcome. <laughs> this is Take a Killer to Brunch, True Play Mouthing Spooky Podcast. Um, I am one of your co-hosts, Darcy. And I am Shannon. And we are so happy to have you for, if you are a returning listener, oh my God, thank you so much for being here. And we are so happy that you don't have to be tortured anymore by our microphone. So. Uh, with all that said, you can totally check us out on all of our socials, which is Instagram at t- at podcast, Facebook at Take a Killer to Brunch. If you're not listening to us on YouTube, we're also on YouTube at Take a Killer to Brunch, so feel free to watch us there. Or you can send us an email at takatbpodcast at gmail.com or check us out on our website at www.takeakiller2brunch.com. So with all that said, thank you guys so much for being here. We'll see you in part two next week. And we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Cheers. Cheers.